This is GamesAtWork.biz, your weekly podcast about gaming, technology, and play. Your hosts are Michael Martin, Andy Piper, and Michael Rowe. The thoughts and opinions on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests alone and are not the opinions of any organization which they have been, are, or may be affiliated with. This is episode 397, Chatty Bad AI. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Michael Rowe here on Friday. And this is a very, very special Friday because once again, I am here with my friend and co-host, the continuity co-host, Andy Piper. Andy, how are you? I am good. Thank you, Michael. Hello, everybody. Yes, I'm going to break my impressive run of consistent, um, consistently showing up to recordings by, uh, next week, unfortunately, because I'll be out of the country. But uh, and of course, it's holiday season anyway, so everybody nice. should be having a great time somewhere else, hopefully, or at home or with family or, or, or however they prefer to have a great time. I shall miss you. But we, we did have um, a really fun uh, extra special show that yes. uh, we, we recorded this previous Monday, which is the day that the show actually comes out to listen to in your podcatcher. But we were very honored to be invited to speak to the BCS, which is uh, formerly the British Computer Society's Animation and Games Development Group with our friend Epred. And that is already available actually on their YouTube channel. But we will be bringing you a specially edited uh, podcast style edition. Yes, we'll cut out all the times I say dumb things. It'll be a much shorter episode. <laughs> it, was a, it was the first time that all three of us have been in one place for a while. So, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I, I, I know that means I have some editing work to do, <laughs> uh, but that's well, we might, okay. I think we might um, release it towards the end of the year as a special, special yeah, edition. Yeah, it, it, it'll be uh, our gift to you, our listeners, uh, who did not go off and look at it on YouTube and see our smiling faces. Um, so, so it's a big gift because you don't have to look at us. <laughs> There's a reason that we say that we're faces for radio. So, exactly. Yeah, you, you exactly. Enjoy our podcast version instead. Well, well, well speaking of uh, fun and exciting things to do, we have a really exciting show today. Um, and our, our other co-host, uh, Michael Martin, is unavailable this week. So we get to, to play around a little bit on our, cell, uh, on our well, own. Well, one of the things I wanted to mention just at the top of the show, alongside our BCS um, edition, was, of course, that going all the way back in time, um, one of the things that you and Michael uh, started this whole shenanigans off with was dancing with Wookiees. Yes. And, um, and we spoke about that together very briefly on Monday. Um, but uh, I then came across a post on Mastodon um, from by Theo, Theo Priestley commenting that he loved that Star Wars Galaxies is still going. Oh, yes. Um, which is where Dancing with Wookiees uh, originated. Yes. Uh, and of course, there's the, and I know we spoke about it previously, the, the Dark Rebellion uh, emulator, right? Yeah, uh, well, it's not. Is it really oh, an emulator? The one that we, this isn't the one we spoke about previously. This isn't the uh, resurrection no. of galaxies. Right. This is actually an RPG based on Star Wars Galaxies. Is that right? Uh, I I think if you if you look at the 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 video, I mean, I think they are showing footage um, from Star Wars Galaxies. I I don't know if it's the the resurrection uh, instance or whatever, uh, but yeah, they. 
they've enabled uh, or they're using some uh, die 20 capabilities inside the environment to, to make their roles for uh, things like persuasion, etc. Um, huh. But it's regardless of the fact, it's it's still really fun. And uh, I did after we after we talked about the um, the the other instance that has been kept alive. I, I did play on it for a while, and it was mm-hmm. it, it reminded me the the fun part of Star Wars Galaxy, but it also reminded me how grindy that game is. <laughs> oh, right. Well, so this is this one is saying that 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 um, forget about the grind. Um, in if you go through to the Dark Rebellion website, uh, it. There's no need for maintenance, grinding experience points, or paying for buffs. Everything exists to serve the narrative that you're playing in as part of the RPG experience that they uh, yeah, that and, they offer in, in Dark Rebellion. Yeah, and and that that was the part that I really enjoyed in mm. in Star Wars Galaxies. Anyway, right, the kind of the storyline that weaved through, where you were at least to begin with, you were ancillary to Star Wars, right? And as they progressed, they got to try to we right. more and more in and it was like okay now you're just trying to make money off the franchise uh instead of the gameplay so you were very yeah. very upset when they introduced jedis i think right well n- when they introduced jedis yes as, as a basic a class as right. a career right? right because originally you had to play for a very very long time and then you could ultimately get somewhat force sensitive and then once right. you got force you it was if someone was a jedi it was wow. They they have dedicated you know significant parts of their life to this game, uh, and they've done all these really cool side quests and other things. And then like they released uh, an expansion, and suddenly there were millions of Jedi's running around. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was kind of like Episode One, you know. So we, we we started off the show here with with a a dive into some gaming topics. So we've got a couple yes. of other things that we we thought we'd uh, throw in here. And the first one of these is something that uh, came across my uh, radar yesterday, which is that the next Tomb Raider game, which will be the follow-up to Shadow of the Tomb Raider, so these are the rebooted Tomb Raider yes. sort of origin and, and, and additional games, um, is going to actually be released by Amazon Games as their first uh, single-player game. Now, this was interesting to me for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's Amazon as a as a gaming studio, game studio actually publishing a, a single player game, prime game, prime gaming, Amazon. If you have Amazon prime and, and you have a game and you want to get into gaming, they, they offer you, you know, free stuff each month. Um, but it's PC only. Um, I think there's been some attempts and hacks to get, enable you to be able to play them on the steam deck as well, which is, which is Linux based. Um, but, uh, they, you know, they've they've only released uh, a couple of games themselves so far, uh, and they've been MMO style games, yep. I believe. Um, but this is a, a first person, uh, so it's a first single player game. The other part of it is that um, how this all came about, which was news to me, so I did not realize. So that being it's developed by Crystal Dynamics, which is the same people that made the most recent Tomb Raider games. Right. What I had miss missed um, out on was the. The, the, the journey of Crystal Dynamics. So um, it was owned by, or was under uh, Square Enix, and they sold almost all of their sort of Western studios to a, a holding company. Embracer. And then, 
Embracer, indeed. And then evidently, uh, Amazon is now able to to go ahead and, and, and publish this, which I think is, I mean, it's a it's a big franchise. It's a well known franchise. It's usually they're usually good games. I've enjoyed. Uh, I didn't play all three of the rebooted uh, trilogy, but I played at least a couple of them, and they were they were good. Yeah, so, I, I downloaded all three of them from the Epic Game Store uh, over the last year. Epic had as they were trying to push people onto their game store um <laughs> these were freebies all three of them right. uh and uh i i realized how much i i like the kind of the storyline progression but not being a big first person shooter person uh, mm-hmm. And not having a gamepad, right? Just trying to use right. the mouse and keyboard. Um, right. I, I found them to be difficult to play through. Uh, so I, I, it was cool graphics. It was interesting, but it didn't last for me. So you see, I, I ended I, up getting an extra Xbox controller purely for using with my iPad um, uh, uh, for various games, but mm-hmm. also for Xbox Cloud Gaming, and also. Um, you know, then there was a Stadia experience back when Stadia was a, th- a thing um, where you could play, use that controller with different screens. So I've, I've found myself mm, taking the console experience back to the desktop PC type space. Um, yeah, but I understand what you're saying. It probably wasn't as easy. That's a mouse and keyboard are great for, um, can be great for sort of strafing first person shooters, but not so great for complex um, control systems where you're needing to climb and things. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. Speaking of other uh, interesting news in large game franchises, mm. uh, I had seen this article this week about Getty Images showing up in Final Fantasy, and and, and, and that that the connection here is that this is a, a Square game, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and and the funny thing is, it's, it's not that someone said, "Oh, that looks like a Getty image." It's that the watermark was still in the image. <laughs> Which yes. you only get if you don't pay for it. So what I'm assuming happened, um, and, and you know, inside baseball type thing is they probably used it as a placeholder image during early development, and it just fell through the cracks. I'm hoping. <laughs> uh, and well, and there's a, there's an accompanying accompanying picture to the article that if you zoom in, you'll see where it calls out Getty Images as the watermark on the picture. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, it's it's pretty clear. Um, this is from the Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII reunion game um, that uh, they they put out. But it's uh, it's funny, and especially as we've been talking, and we will talk in a moment more about uh, image generation and AI. Yeah. Um, to see that you know they just dropped in a, as you say, potent- potentially just as a placeholder. Or well, see you now you've think got me it. thinking differently. Now you've got me thinking that they used uh, 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 an AI tool to generate the image. It's possible, and that, and that AI tool may have um, used Getty images that they scraped to build their yeah, corpus. It's possible. I mean, if you look at it, the the screenshot in the story here, which is on Tekta, it, it is kind of a bit stylized slash blurred. Yeah, the images kind of thing. I, and certainly, when I've used a couple of these AI tools to with Stable Diffusion to create something, sometimes they've brought in some form of text which is not fully legible or um, mashed up a bit. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's possible. I hadn't thought of that either. Yeah, but, that, uh, um, that makes it a much more interesting story now to me. <laughs> well, well, 
well, well, well, let's pivot then, because Michael, uh, Martin and I had some fun last week talking in more depth about uh, AI, ChatGPT in particular, and we had a few follow-up things that came across our, our, uh, our joint inboxes and radars this week. So one of them was something that my wife actually shared with me, um, and I think she shared it uh, without knowing that Michael and I had just spoken about um, ChatGPT and chatbots and, and things. Um, uh, she shared that with me almost immediately after we did the recording. Um, so this was from last weekend's Guardian newspaper. Mm-hmm. It's a very long article. And in fact, it's there's an even longer version of the article that, that appears in another publication. But it's a really interesting article. So this is about the, 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 the kind of the byline is... Uh, or headline um, is becoming a chatbot. My life as a real estate a, 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 a real a real estate AI's human backup, <laughs> and it tells it, it. It's written by somebody who is, I think, an English or well, literature or English or major uh, recent graduate. Needed needed master's some degree. Cash. Let's let, master's let, degree. I beg your pardon. And, and <laughs> I needed some quick cash after school or whatever. Uh, signed up to be uh, to to get involved with this uh, real estate agency that had a uh i think a, an ai called brenda and brenda <laughs> would be the chatbot that would basically try to persuade people to come visit a property and get them through the door and then if uh if brenda had problems with answering the questions then they would be uh be marked as human intervention needed and the human would then have to sort of help out the ai but it's really interesting um, as a story because, first of all, the number of times that the human fallback happens. Secondly, the guidance that the human fallbacks are given not to admit that they are, are or are not a bot. <laughs> um, in fact, to say that they're human, but then not to, um, you know, not to admit the, the, the connection. Uh, so, 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 so and, I can see them. I can see them saying, you know, because anytime I have a chat interaction, I always say, you know, are you a bot? Because, all right, you know, I'm going to be rude to a bot, maybe, <laughs> and polite to a person. Right. That's and, actually a really good point that came up somewhere else recently. Yes, go on. And so, so to 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 say that there's these interventions that occur when a human is involved i can see every one of those being at the point where the person questions are you a bot (laughs) yeah um on that subject somebody i know um from devrel recently um posted something about uh how to be nice essentially in in support um reducing abuse um in in sort of dev platforms and um, com- calls out the fact that a lot of the time the assumption is that as you just mentioned that the assumption is that you're talking to a bot and therefore uh, especially uh, quite often younger folks come in and start um, being quite uh, strong uh, using quite strong language and you know until their point it's pointed out to them that actually they are talking to a human in that case in this case though one of the interesting things was that uh, the um, the person involved in this in this this job sort of backing up the chatbot found herself starting to use the language that they'd been taught that the chatbot used 
in their day-to-day life and then sort of literally <laughs> sort of finding it kind of crossing into their real life so it was um yeah so it's a really interesting story but this is to be clear this is not about chat gpt this is a uh, about mm-hmm. a company that had invented and come up with their own uh way of trying to to to, to build this but well, we're moving well, on from that. Well, before we move on, I have two points okay. I want to quickly make. One, uh, having been in support myself in the past, if I'm talking to a real support person, I'm actually probably overly polite because mm-hmm. they have a miserable job. Because people call support when there's a problem and they're upset, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I I tend to be probably overly appreciative and and helpful and polite. The second thing about this article that I did find interesting was, you know, the, there there's a belief that AI is going to take our everybody's job. Well, in this right. case, the AIs are 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 creating new jobs because they need somebody who can actually interact in a more natural way. Uh, so, so, so maybe with enough AIs, everybody, but everybody in the world can be employed because we need all these humans to back them up. Hmm. <laughs> oh, well, you never know, but we've, we've been talking about AI and good or bad. One thing that came up last week was a story about how stable diffusion and, and other art based AIs can be not so great yeah this was actually about Lenser which we I think spoke about in fact I think we spoke about it did we speak about this on Monday or last Friday I don't remember but we yeah certainly uh, the the one that sort of lets you generate multiple versions of yourself in different art styles I think you talked about it last Friday um, mm. the, uh, the, the the interesting thing about this is I've seen a lot of people using this lately um, and I, I have multiple reactions to it uh, that I, I had come to before I even read this article, right? Um, one of the things is if you look at the licensing um, of it, the the users uh, have not only given up the right to their pictures that they upload, but they also cannot claim any licensing to the generated content. So any generated images can be used by the company for any purpose that they deem necessary whatsoever mm. with mm. with no rights by the people who who have paid them money to to generate these images. So I'm I'm kind of that gives a big distasteful uh, feeling in my mouth. Uh, and then I read this article, uh, which really is about the fact that uh, the the images that are generated tended to be uh, for for this uh, this one uh, female author, uh, overly hypersexualized. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, skimpy clothing, etc. Um, and and my my first gut reaction was, yeah, I'd hate to see the training set and be bro culture uh, of building these platforms. Uh, so I was I was not surprised, but it, it's 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 very ups, upsetting and frustrating that we are still doing this right uh, and reinforcing the images and stereotypes through AI now of of uh, some of the behavior of people uh, when it comes to generating these images. Yeah, it was disappointing, and it was also um, fairly clear based on the evidence um, yes. that uh, what's what's going on here. Um, so, deeply problematic. Uh, good reminder to think about um, 
both the ethics and the the sort of the balance and, and and all kinds of other issues when it comes to how we train these models. And again, coming back to some of the stuff that we talked about last week, it's we we're training models based on existing data. We're not we're not generating net new stuff. Right. Um, right. The fact that I've run this multiple times and it keeps giving me stuff of me in a in a spaceman outfit um, is pretty directly showing you know there's there's a limited set of source material here and they're just mapping my face or a face that has similar features into those well they're they're not working towards ideals we're not trying to innovate or improve we're just reinforcing based off of existing data so one cool thing that has come uh, across our interest this week was something called refusion and yes. i shared this with michael and we spoke about this before we started recording and i said yeah but do you really get what you're looking at because he kind of said oh yeah it's cool i like the music um and then i said well, no go check out the about page because this is a lot more cool than you think yes yes and 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 so what this is is another example of a generator of unique content the end right uh and and the link i had gotten was pretty much to the main page which just you know put in put in some text and it'll generate music in that style right Mm -hmm. uh but uh yeah andy was absolutely right what this is is actually a tool that is generating spectrograms based off of images as i understand it based off of your input and then using that to generate sound waves right Uh, which that is fascinating and so so uh what does a you know astronaut riding a horse sound like no it's not going to be you know horse sounds right it's 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 a jam and then overlaying <laughs> instrument types right to then build it out into into music um this is fascinating really fascinating and shows this to me is an innovative usage of the technology right to do right. something net new than just you know putting your face on an astronaut and you know this is that you can take these spectrograms these images convert them into audio clips and then not only that you can get infinite variations by varying the seed that generates that or in an audio context which is something that we don't necessarily think about we've been thinking about this in the context so far mostly at least um, that i've come across of text and pictures and then this is demonstrating that you can go into the the dimension of of, of sound um as well so it's really interesting it's quite complicated um it, worth looking at the about page yes but it's also worth just going to refusion and typing some stuff in and listening Jam into the music kind of <laughs> nice yeah all right let's um let's 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 head towards the exit here yes um, one thing that we want to congratulate you on uh dear listeners is that you uh, continue to come back every week to listen to our uh, technology podcast because um the new stack this week have published their top five internet technologies of 2022 and if you've been listening to our show for either 2022 or any really the last 10 or 15 years um well evidently the new stack has some of them 
<laughs> the new yeah. the new stack has been listening because uh, I think they've taken our our content and made it kind of the top uh, five things to listen to or to well, I, to talk about. Well, not I mean, I, all five. I you know so the top five headlines here: generative AI. Oh, we just talked about Check. that. Um, Macedon and Fediverse, that's something Check. we've spoken about more in the last few weeks um, as a result of recent events, but certainly something we've been talk- we've been talking about recently. Cloud IDEs, not really something we cover in the show, but we talk no, about I, cloud, I, I cloud, have cloud talked about cloud build tools uh, a couple yep. times early in the year, so, mm-hmm. so uh, close. Metaverse and specifically oh, yeah. open metaverse, and we've always been talk- talking about interoperability, um, and so on, um, 3D culture, 3D virtual yep. sp- spaces, going far beyond just Meta's version of the metaverse. Yep. Um, and decentralized storage, which is, again, something that we haven't specifically no. spent a ton of time talking about. It's a bit beyond um, the realms that we normally go to here. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think we've been right on the money, Michael. We've, uh, we've uh, been a finger ye- on the digital pulse, as usual. Yay us. <laughs> well done well done you well done well done yes and and thank you listeners for guiding us down that path uh one final thing that yes. i thought was fun this week and it was uh, it comes from a bot and this bot lives on uh, in the fediverse bots in space bots in dot space which is where a lot of the different sort of creative bots live um i'll just quickly mention that the games at work uh, Fediverse account currently lives on bots in space, but it's not really a creative bot, so we're going to move it somewhere else. But we'll 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 share that in good time, and you'll you'll get redirected. But this is bots in space, 1994 clip art, which ah. is just just <laughs> super fun. It's uh it's a feed of uh, if you cast your mind back, if you're able, to 1994 when Corel Draw was uh, or Coral Draw was uh, I always called it Corel when I was uh, Corel, yeah, Corel. Uh, Corel Draw, um, huge, uh, you know, vector graphics um, uh, tool that was very popular on back in Windows three 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 eleven um, NT days, and uh, yeah, it's just sharing random bits of clip art. It's just uh, fun. It's I, I, I thought it was cool. I I, I did enjoy that uh, that feature. Go browse, take a trip down memory lane. Well. We want to thank all our listeners uh, and those of you who did attend uh, the session with the BCS earlier uh, this week. Uh, we appreciate any and all feedback, and we can be reached uh, many different locations. Uh, but as always, number one at our website at gamesatwork.biz, um, as well as uh, if you want to go and follow us on the Fediverse at uh, gamesatwork.biz at uh, bots in space for now and as andy mentioned we will be moving and don't forget to rate us and subscribe on your favorite podcatcher all right i will not see you next week but i'll be back soon thanks very much michael thank you and we'll see you all later cheers see ya. you've been listening to games at work.biz the podcast about gaming technology and play we are part of the blueberry podcasting network and would like to thank the band random encounters for their song big blue you can follow us on Twitter at gamesatwork_biz or at our website at gamesatwork.biz.